Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. This morning, uh, my wife is going to come and she's going to share God's word uh, with us this morning uh, for our ladies. And besides accepting Jesus in my life, the second best decision that I ever made was to marry Becky. Uh, She is a wonderful mother of our our three daughters. Uh, She's a senior project manager for Verizon Business and uh, just stays very busy. Uh, But, you know, uh, her heart is this church. Her heart is ladies' ministry that we're slowly kind of rebooting, kind of getting ramped back up, but also her heart is ladies as well, uh, regardless of, you know, how old you are, what's going on in your life. And um, so I'm very honored to be married to her. And, um, you know, I've got dinner catered, lunch catered uh, for after church today. It's being delivered and my daughters determined, since I wasn't preaching and that they're all working this morning, that I had nothing to do. So I've got to run out right after church and catch the uh, caterer when they uh, bring lunch or DoorDash, let me say that. So uh, uh, would you make welcome, give a hand this morning to Becky. All right. <laughs> He's leaving me cookie crumbs. You can take that. All right. It's, I, I think I'm used to crumbs from him, and we're just going to swipe them all off. They're all over the kitchen all the time anyway. So it's already been a great Mother's Day. Let me tell you the first Mother's Day gift that I have, Kelsey, my middle daughter, she's kind of a little bit of a clean freak like me. And she spent Friday evening from like midnight till 3 a.m. with a toothbrush and bleach cleaning the grout in the tiles of my kitchen floor. Ladies, that's an awesome Mother's Day present. Oh, yay. So it's um, off to a good start. We started out in worship singing about the story that I'll tell. And my message, if you want to call it that, is what's your story? We're going to talk about that. Um, Normal disclaimer for me, I'm not a preacher. I'm not Brian, but I'm just going to share, hopefully, um, the message that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart um, this morning. Um, It's an honor and a privilege um, to get... Um, my time up here every now and then. We all talk about our stories, um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. We add to our stories every day. You ever, with your children, if you have teenagers, you, can't, you look over at them and they're like doing like this. And I'm like, if you got me in that picture, I'm going to beat you, you know? I mean, constantly we're adding to our stories. People post all kinds of things. And I know you guys um, see that. And we're going to look just to hit it the ground running this morning, right, with a few things that you might see. Oh, we all love the beach, right? Sunset, it's wonderful. You see that on people's stories, where they're traveling to. The next thing that you might see, we post babies. Here is Josh and Marissa's little baby, Everly. She's definitely a youth pastor's baby. This is her first ever Dorito. What a milestone in her life. Nonetheless, at a youth volleyball event, all right? The next thing, we've seen this too often. If you don't know what this is, this is a breathing apparatus 
tests strengthen your lungs. And we've seen that way too much this year. People who are struggling and been in the hospital and sick this year. The next thing you may see, Holly Bryant, congrats to you, kudos. We celebrate milestones. Holly's been on a faith journey and she's posted her before and after picture. Those are things that are story worthy. They are Instagram worthy. Um, keep going. And not to take it bad here, but now we're going to Crystal. We see food. That's what one of the most common posts you see on people's story is what we're eating. In my house, we love Crystal. There are none in Tallahassee, in case you didn't know that. But with us, if you're traveling and you see that Crystal sign, our car is pulling off at that exit picking up a sack of crystals and taking them home. Either you love them or you hate them. After spring break this year, I brought Brian as a gift, a souvenir from spring break, a bag of crystals home. I'm just that kind of wife, right? Then the other thing, there's always some kind of um, controversy, right? People's opinions, political, right? Social. And here, the real debate, what, how do you fold your towel, is that really a debate that we need on our stories? But yes, it's there. I don't know if you're number one, number two, or number three. I'm number two, personally. That's how I fold my towels. And then we all know sometimes we all have tough days, right? And um, maybe we should or shouldn't. Sometimes those tough moments get posted on Instagram as well, too, on our story. You can start playing that video. This is our very own Ellie Walker, one of the triplets. She's having a tough day. She's just going to get wound up in a moment. Her terrible parents would not let her have chocolate for dinner. That's what this fit is all about. No, mommy. Ladies, you just need chocolate, right? Why can't you have it for dinner? That poor baby. So precious. She even worked herself up into a cough over that, right? She's probably going to kill me 10 years from now when she finds out that I posted that video of her, right? Everybody, we love a good story. We scroll aimlessly on our phones. Um, we all have a story. If I ask you what's your story, you'd tell me probably where you're from, where you grew up, are you married? You know, you'll tell me how wonderful your spouse is or your kids living here in the South. You're probably going to tell me that you are this or you are this, right? You're, whether you're chopping this way or that way, football preference is important. Um, all the important events in your life. You could go through all the pages and chapters of your story, all of which impact who you are, what you are, and what makes you uniquely you. Not everybody loves their story, right? There are unwanted pages in all of our stories. We've made mistakes, maybe some shame that gives us some unwanted pieces of our story. Maybe you have dreams of things that you want to have in your stories, pages you want in your story, and they haven't made it to your story yet. Some events, we keep going over and over again, trying to make sense of them. This past year, especially, trying to process and make sense 
of the pieces of our story that have unfolded. For a lot of us, it's not our entire story that we don't like. It's just those certain pieces of it. Any of you have those pictures that when you see them of yourself, that you kind of cringe a little and you go, what was I thinking? Or more like, what was my mother thinking? What was she, why did she dress me like that? Why was my hair like that? Those awkward middle school years. My girls, we refer to those years as the glow up years where you kind of had to glow into, you know, what you needed to be. For some of you guys, there's real tragedies and there are real traumas that are part of our stories that some of us have experienced. And you probably even wish that I could sometimes trade my story for a different story. Strained relationships, a husband left you, a divorce, a boyfriend cheated on you, a friend betrayed you, a parent abused you, a boss was unfair, you lost your job, sickness and disease sucked the life out of a loved one, and even probably for some of us with sickness this year, sucked the life out of you. Tragic accidents that changed the story of your life forever. Isaiah 61.3, we're going to spend a little bit of time in Isaiah this morning. It says, he promises us that I'm going to bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. I want us to take a look really quickly this morning at a few women from the Bible who have experienced stories that have big piles of ashes. Let's look first off at Ruth. Ruth, you guys know the story. Her husband died, her father-in-law died, her brother-in-law died. She was in a famine, living in a strange land. She lost everything, and she was left with nothing but a bitter mother-in-law. Life for Ruth had to be more than she could handle. So much sorrow in what she had lost. So many overwhelming circumstances, a pile of ashes. Esther, I love the story of Esther. Esther is an orphan. She's an orphaned Jewish girl who was raised by her uncle Mordecai. Esther, the Jewish people, her as a Jew, they were a hated people solely because they were Jewish. Discrimination, racial injustice, we see right here in the story of Esther. A death sentence had been placed decreed by Haman for all of the Jewish people. The task of saving the Jewish people fell on Esther's shoulders. Despite the odds and the risk of her losing her own life in order to save her people. Hannah, what about Hannah? Hannah, she couldn't have any children. And 1 Samuel says that Hannah prayed to the Lord and she wept with many tears. What about the woman with the issue of blood, a pile of ashes? She had a chronic sickness. Luke tells us that she battled a condition, a blood condition for over 12 years. She exhausted all of her finances trying to find a cure. The laws of the day considered her unclean and she was banned from going to public places. She was banned from touching people, even from being with her family. On top of her incurable medical condition, she was rejected by society. She couldn't touch her family. I know she was tired. She was worn out. She was alone as well as sick. I'm sure she longed for her life 
what it was before she was sick when things were normal. Her story kind of sounds familiar to us with what we've walked through this year, right? How many of you were quarantined, distanced from your loved ones? We know what that feels like. The woman at the well, outcast, shame, failure, and embarrassment. The book of John tells her story that this woman, she had five husbands. She had had five husbands. She was living with the sixth man. She was the woman that everybody gossiped about. She was the woman that people whispered about when they saw her. This woman, the woman at the well, the shame of her story, her failures, her embarrassment, judgment, and condemnation dictated her life. If you remember, she wouldn't even go to the well to get the water that she needed. She would only go at the hottest part of the day because nobody would be there. She was a complete mess. She had a huge pile of ashes. I'm going to tell you a little bit for me this morning, a pile of ashes. Um, they say pastor's families live in a glass house. Well, today the curtains are pulled back, the blinds are drawn, the doors are open, and a little view into the glass house. This past year, like many of you, it's been hard, hard. There were times where I just felt like I was shriveling up emotionally, shriveling up spiritually. We saw COVID and this pandemic and the terrible tentacles, the far-reaching tentacles and impact of, of COVID um, just impacting everything that we had. There, were, there was no escape from it. I've walked through difficult times before. I think I'm pretty strong and pretty flexible. But man, this year was different. It was hard. My tank was on empty. I couldn't fill it up either. I think that was the frustrating thing, right? You walk through a difficult time and you just, you, you rejuvenate. You, you fall on the things that you know and you fill your tank back up. But I felt like it was at a point where the tank was just emptying and I couldn't fill it up fast enough. There was always a deficit. It just got to a point for me where I felt like I was almost had lost all emotion, just felt kind of numb. Ran out of tears, ran out of emotion, uh, just ran out of drive, ran out of determination. I found myself with just this numbness feeling. We have a tradition around our house. On your birthday, we all sit in a room, we go around the room, and you tell what you admire about whoever's birthday it is, what you appreciate about them, a funny story, a memory, something about that person. This year, um, on, on my birthday, Brian made the comment that, and I don't know you're going to remember this, but he said I was unflappable. And I'm going to tell you, this year, it flapped me. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I was not unflappable. It was just a roller coaster of emotions and feelings. There were no real thrilling highs. It was like the roller coaster. You were struggling just the slow, painstaking climb just to get to ground level. And then something in this year, pandemic related, would just send you down into a spiraling depth lower than the one had been before. You were constantly just on that kind of roller coaster. I had no faith moving mountain kind of prayer to say. My prayer was just, Lord, I know in my head, 
And I know in my heart that you're still there. Can I just feel just a slight, just a little bit of your touch? I'm not asking for a hurricane wind. I just want to feel a little bit of your touch. Let me know that I'm not going to die here in this desert of this pandemic. We all know the story of Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, where God breathed life into those bones. But before he could breathe life into those, Ezekiel 37, verses 1 and 2 says, God grabbed me. His spirit took me up, set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them, a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached with sun. That is where I was. I felt like every day I was just being dragged through the valley of dry bones, forced to look out over the destruction and just more and more bad news. Some of you guys, you know what I'm talking about. I ask you, what's your story? You would answer me probably like Ezekiel. You're probably looking out over the destruction just like he did, seeing nothing but a valley of dry bones staring you in the face. You've experienced sickness. You've been paralyzed with anxiety and with fear. You're drowning. Some of you are drowning in depression. You've lost loved ones. You've made poor choices and decisions. You just made a mess of your life. You may be living in a broken, a volatile, or a dead marriage. You may be scarred emotionally, maybe even physically from abuse. You have no joy. You have no peace. You have no hope, no confidence that you can ever find any beauty from your pile of ashes. I don't know your stories. I don't know all the difficulties that you face. But I do know this. I know that your story doesn't end with a difficult, challenging, or bad event. I know that I know that God turns broken stories of ashes and defeat into stories of promise, victory, and beauty. Isaiah 61.3 said, I'm going to give you that crown of beauty for ashes, but look further down to verse 10. I love this part. Verse 10 says, I will sing for joy in God. I will explode in praise from deep within my soul. I'm going to give you a few reminders this morning, things to hold on to when you're walking, when you're sitting in the middle of ashes. These are things for me over this year that I have had to just hold on to, cling to so tightly to remind myself and to give myself the hope and the assurance that he would prove himself again and again. These are things that helped me go, I'm going to get to that point where I can explode in praise. The first beauty for ashes reminder is God is faithful. Holly shared about it this morning. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. Whether your story has you on a mountaintop, whether it has you as low as low can be, his faithfulness sustains you. Psalms 91.4, familiar verse. It says, he will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Psalms 119.90, your faithfulness endures to all generations. 
You have established the earth, and it stands fast. He's faithful. You know what else? The reminder, God is trustworthy. Hannah, she took her pain to the Lord, and she prayed to him, Lord, if you'll remember me, if you'll not forget me, and if you'll give me a servant, I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. God hears the cries of your heart. We, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears it. He's worthy of our trust, which is something Hannah truly believed. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel that after she prayed that prayer, that Hannah, she went out on her way. She ate. She no longer looked despondent. She didn't know yet whether God was going to give her that child, but she went away confident and trusting that the Lord had heard her plea. Psalms 111 says, the works of his hands are truth and justice. Revelation 21.5 says, Behold, I am making all things new. Right, for these words are faithful and true. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He's our provider and he's our protector. I want to remind you of that. Matthew 6.31 Therefore, do not be anxious. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. But catch this next line. Your heavenly father, he knows everything you need. He knows that you need them all. Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Ruth, out of pain and sorrow of her loss, being left with nothing, That is where God's promise of provision met up and became the richest soil for him to shower her with his overwhelming abundance. Esther, ladies, we're going to love this. Did you know that God sees the value in Ulta, Sephora, Manny's, Petty's, massages? You know how I know that? Go home and look at Esther 2. It says, and this is in the Bible, he started her with beauty treatments and special foods. She got, this is the wonderful Mother's Day gift, 12 months of beauty treatments, six months with oil of myrrh, followed by six months of perfume and cosmetics. He sees the value in that. All of that was part of God's provision and protection for Esther. King Xerxes, he fell in love with her because she'd had all these beauty treatments. He was totally smitten by her. God was providing for her through those beauty treatments. He was setting her up for the future task of saving her people, of saving the Jewish people. Gentlemen, a word to the wise, you should follow that example. That Bath and Body Works gift card, that's just the jump start for it. If you take care of the ladies in your life, shower her with beauty treatment spas, we might can spare you when you need bailing out of a mess. (laughs) No amen, ladies? Okay, all right. He's faithful. He's trustworthy. He's our provider. He's our protector. He gives direction. Psalms 32.8 says, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. 
I will counsel you with my eye on you. That verse tells me, yeah, he's not just giving me like the Ikea directions when you put furniture together. Here's how to do it. But he's got counsel. He's got his eyes on me as I'm going through the directions that I'm giving me, that he's giving me. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. He's giving me direction. There's this voice in the back of our heads that's giving us direction, telling us what to do. He's faithful. He's trustworthy, provider, protector. He gives us direction. He's our hope. And he's our comforter. Lamentations. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Romans 5 and verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit was given to us. The woman with the issue of blood, she was desperate for a miracle. She kept having her hopes for healing through doctors dashed to pieces, but she still had the hope of healing. She had heard about Jesus and the miracles that he was doing. He was her last hope, and that hope fueled her to get to him. I ask you, what's your story? We've talked ashes. Let's get out of the ashes and let's get to the beauty part of it, right? I want to be able to what Isaiah 61.10 says, I want to be able to explode with praise from deep within my soul. Let's see the beauty, the new story, the new chapters that God was writing in each of these ladies' lives. For Ruth, famine, lost everything, death. Now God provided not just food and a way to make a living, but he gave a beautiful love story. He gave her Boaz as her kinsman redeemer. Ruth, she got to explode in praise from deep within her soul. Esther, the orphan, the Jewish girl, her people were hated. She became queen because of those beauty treatments. She gained the favor of the king. She pulled together, she's a true businesswoman after my heart, she pulled together and executed a plan that saved the Jewish people. Esther 4.14 says, maybe you were made queen for just such a time as this. What a story. I'll explode with praise from deep within my soul. Hannah couldn't have any children. God blessed her womb. God gave her a child named Samuel. Yes, she got a son, but she got much more than that. He gave her the peace of his presence. He is with us as well. In his presence, we learn to rejoice in him always, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of, her, of our ashes. I've said it before all may not be well, but because I live in his presence and in his grace, it is well with my soul. And if it's well with my soul, you better believe that I'm going to explode in praise. And I think Hannah, when she got whatever pregnancy test you took back then, when she saw that little blue plus sign, right, she exploded with praise when she found out that she was pregnant, that God had given her the beauty from her ashes. The woman with the issue of blood. You all know the beautiful ashes, um, that, the beauty that came from the ashes in this story. She put everything on the line to reach out to Jesus. Out of her faith 
and out of her hope in Jesus, she was desperate and she was determined to find a way to touch just the hem of his garment and get her complete healing. For some of you this morning, some of you that are watching me online, Emily Garrison, Robin Barano, I'm calling you out. Jeremiah 30, 17 says, I will restore to you health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. There's healing that's coming for some of us. The woman at the well, her shame and embarrassment, she's now delivered and restored. If you watched The Chosen, you saw her explode with praise from deep within her soul after she encountered Jesus. She ran from that well, telling everyone how Jesus had touched her life and how he had forgiven her of her sins. She exploded with praise. Let me take you back to my story. I left us a few minutes ago surveying the destruction in the valley of dry bones. Remember, I had been praying, Lord, just let me feel just a little bit of your touch, just a small breath. There was a moment on a Sunday morning, gosh, several months ago, um, it was after service. Most folks has le had left. Primarily during the pandemic, I didn't even hardly make it into the sanctuary. I was stuck in the foyer. Not that that was a bad place to be stuck, but I was Lysoling and cleaning toilets and wiping down doors to try to keep it clean for everyone. But on this Sunday morning, I slipped in at the end of the service. Worship team was just, they were singing the song Rattle. And if you guys don't know what that song is, it says live. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord, live. And it just kept screaming out to me, live. Hear the word of the Lord, live. I slowly that morning, out of just the numbness that I was feeling, began to feel hope. Hope just started chipping away into that nothingness that I was feeling. The things that I knew in my head, and the things that I had held on to for so many years, his faithfulness, his provision, his protection, his trustworthiness, his comfort, his direction, all those things about my Jesus, the Jesus that I've served since I was a little girl, all of those things were just hammering away, giving way to that small crack of hope. That small crack, that breakthrough that morning just rushed in, and I just felt the Lord's presence just consume me with the assurance to hold on. Hold on. There's new life. There's new breath. There's a new chapter that's coming if you'll just hold on. Beauty for Ashes was on its way. It was the beginning for me of Isaiah 61.10 that I will explode in praise from deep within my soul. Let me encourage you this morning. Storms come. Storms have come to all of us this year. I think we can all agree with that. But you know what? You're still standing. We have made it. We're still standing. Your past, maybe events in your story, your current circumstances, your current situation, maybe all that you can see, your past and your present, they don't have to be the headline nor the end of your story. I would go so far as to say that the parts of your story that you wish could be edited out, 
God can use those very parts to highlight and do some of his most amazing work in your life. We can't delete, redo the past, but we can certainly repurpose and reclaim the present and the future when we allow him to use every tear, every piece of hurt, every piece of brokenness, we get something better than we ever imagined. We have so much potential when we don't allow our present circumstances to determine our future destiny. Anne Voskamp is one of my most favorite authors just this week. She has just an amazing way with words. When you read her posts, her books, um, her blogs, just they just blow me away. Just this week, she wrote these words after the unexpected tragic death of her father in a farm accident. Ironically, the same exact farm accident and equipment that had claimed her sister's life just a few years ago. She said, there are stories we find ourselves living that we'd never choose. But this I know in my bones. God is the word. He is more than good. He is kind, and he ultimately only writes good stories. This page of the story is not good. This chapter feels pitch dark and nauseating. We're sort of just staggering through it, but this page isn't the end of the story. This chapter isn't the final chapter. I love this next part. The dark doesn't write the last line. The word writes the last line. The light writes the last line. Love himself does. 1 Samuel 2 8 says, He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sets them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. You can change the ending of your story, even if it feels like you are trapped in a chapter that has come to a dead end. There's a way to transform the worst parts of your story into a beautiful work of art. Your biggest mistakes and the not-so-good parts of your story have the potential to become God's greatest miracles. There's an artist, Terry St. Cloud, paints beautiful pictures, and she said, I can never go back and make some of the details of the artwork pretty. All I can do is move forward and make the entire, the whole, beautiful. And that's what God wants to do with us, right? There's some ugly pieces in the story, but he wants to make the whole beautiful. Listen to me and hear me this morning. I've met the author of my story. I know this man, Jesus. I know him. He's mine. I know his character. I know his track record. I've seen him prove himself over and over and over again. I am who I am because he says who I am. He says I'm beautiful. He says I'm wonderfully made. He says I'm redeemed. He says I'm chosen. Some of us, he's writing a new chapter in your story. He's updating the headlines. There are new posts 
coming to your story soon. A story that will blow you away if you will allow him. You're not the woman who isn't good enough. You're not the woman who is paralyzed by fear and anxiety. You're not the woman who was nothing special. You are not the woman who will never amount to anything. You're not the woman in the corner of the room that goes unnoticed by everyone. He sees you. He sees your struggles. He sees and feels your tears, and you are beautiful. Instead, I'm a woman who is chosen, beautiful, redeemed. I'm a daughter of the king of kings, called to greatness in his kingdom. Ladies, our lungs are ready to explode in praise from deep within our soul. Let me tell you a little bit of a story. I'm going to let you guys watch a video in just a moment. Kristen Welch, she's a wife and a mom in Texas. She went on a missions trip to Africa in 2010. The Lord burdened her heart on that trip with a need to provide sustainable jobs for women that are in poverty in Africa. Mercy House Global came out of that burden. Mercy House Global provides for the rescue of pregnant girls in Kenya, gives them a home, it gives them dignified work so that they can provide for themselves and for their families. On January 24th of this year, there was a fire in their maternity home in Kenya that housed these teen mothers. Watch this video of their story. The transition home is on fire. The message appeared on my phone and I froze. No, 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 I silently screamed. I typed frantically back to Maureen, our director in Kenya, who was en route to the burning home. I only had one question. Did everyone get out? Are the babies and the toddlers, the teen moms, the staff, are they okay? Please just tell me everyone is okay, I begged. And I held my breath. My phone finally rang and our precious Kenyan family appeared on the screen, proving they were safe, untouched by the flames and smoke. Maureen held the phone up and we cried together as we watched the beautiful home burn down. It may sound callous, but at Mercy House Global, we are used to catastrophes. We have entered our 11th year and haven't had one without some kind of devastation. We know the enemy does not attack where he is winning. He attacks where he is losing. I hung up the phone and felt numb most of the day. I checked in with Maureen a few times as she told me they were still there, standing near the ashes together, praising God. It's the position we've learned to take in a catastrophe because there's always something to be thankful for. We will continue to thank God for extending his hand of mercy and sparing lives. That day I opened my Bible to Isaiah 61 and read it several times in a variety of versions. And I clung to the hope and redemption and restoration that the chapter promises. I jotted down some verses from the chapter to share with Maureen the next morning. Proclaim good news to the poor. He will make beauty from ashes. Give us joy instead of mourning. It spoke of how God will restore the devastated places. When I woke up early the next morning, the images that appeared on my phone took my breath away. It was afternoon then in Kenya, and our staff had gone back to the house to see if anything was salvageable in the rubble. The smoldering ashes and ugliness left in the fire's path was shocking, and I cried. Everything had been destroyed almost everything. 
the final picture on my phone had this caption. This is the only wall that did not burn. What a coincidence. And on that wall hung two pictures. One said, he makes beauty out of ashes. And the other said, it is well with my soul. My hand began shaking. I felt chills all over. I couldn't type the words of Isaiah 61 fast enough back to Maureen. I told her that hours after the fire, God directed me to the same words on the unscathed pictures on the wall. We both began crying. What kind of God is this who would speak so clearly to us, thousands of miles separating Mercy House Global and Rahema Rescue Center? God brought us to our knees, on our face, with a clear message. I will redeem what has been lost. I will take the ashes, the destruction, the loss, and I will make it beautiful. Until then, it is well with our soul. I don't know what kind of dumpster fire you're facing in your life right now, but I believe the message God has given Mercy House Global is the same for everyone who is in the fire. I am with you. I will make all things new. Hold on to me. If you have me, you have everything you need. We want to invite you to be a part of this holy recovery story. Because if God is in the ashes, isn't this where we want to be too? An amazing story, right? He gives beauty for ashes. It's well with my soul. There's a link up there if you want to help them rebuild Mercy House in uh, Kenya, you can go to that link. A couple of things she said in that video that man just really just pierced right to my heart. We're not strangers to catastrophe or disaster. We know the enemy. He doesn't attack where he's winning. He attacks where he's losing. If he's attacking you, man, you're winning, right? God brought us to our knees, she said, on our face with a very clear message. I will redeem what has been lost. I will take the ashes, the destruction, the loss, and I will make it beautiful. Until then, it's well with my soul. I am with you. I will make all things new. Hold on to me. If you have me, you have everything that you need. One thing that I'm perfectly sure of, God's stories for us, they never end in ashes. There's always beauty that's going to come. What's your story? What's the story that you're telling this morning? Isaiah 61, I want to read just a little bit of it to you, more than just the beauty for ashes. It says, the Spirit of God, the Master is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion. He gives them bouquets of roses, beauty instead of ashes, 
messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a languid, which is just a weak, fatigued spirit. Rename them oaks of righteousness planted by God to display his glory. They'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind, and make it new. Skip down. You'll feast on the bounty of nations. You'll bask in their glory. Listen to this. Because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt, your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy will go on forever. Because I, God, love fair dealing and hate thievery and crime, I'll pay your wages on time and in full. Establish my eternal covenant with you. Your descendants will become well-known all over. Your children in foreign countries will be recognized at once as the people I have blessed. Here's our verse again. I will sing for joy in God. I will explode in praise from deep in my soul. What a beautiful story of beauty for ashes and what he is ready to bestow on us. We know that your word says this is the day you made and we will rejoice in it. God, we lift you up and we give you all the glory and the praise. We honor you, Lord, and thank you for our grandmothers, our mothers, our daughters, our sisters, and our friends. Lord, we praise you for the women that are in our life. And God, I just ask that you move mightily over them. Lord, your word tells us in Proverbs 14:1 that a wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, she can tear it down. So God, I just ask that we focus on you. We make you our priority. And as Becky and Holly both have shared, when we put you as our priority in our household, you are our portion. I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for all the women that have moved mightily in your spirit, Lord, to touch all the women that attend here as well as the ones that we don't get to see but that are online. We just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and how you move in our lives. Thank you, Father. You're so worthy. Lord, I thank you for this reminder today, Lord, that you bring beauty out of ashes. And I just hear the Lord saying, I see you, my child. I see you, my daughter. Come to me. He cares for you. You can place your worries and your doubts and your fears. He can handle it. He's not too big. You can place it at his feet today. And I just pray that over every lady in the room that's just facing a battle that seems impossible, just hear the word of the Lord today. Live. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, we thank you for that promise. You're so good. You're so faithful. You haven't forgotten us, Lord. But you see us today. You see our need. We place it in your hand today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just pray right now the prayer of Hannah. Lord, over every barren womb, 
Lord, I speak life over every single lady that's experiencing infertility. Lord, we call them out, Lord. Can we just begin to intercede for those that we know that are struggling with this? Lord, we call them out to you today. Lord, we pray the prayer of Hannah. Lord, you heard her cry in the temple and you answered it. And we pray that over every single lady that's experiencing infertility. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit. We just speak life over the over their womb in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. We pray that they would produce, Lord, that they would bring forth life into this world in Jesus' name. I pray that over them. Lord, I also pray over every lady that's experienced the loss of a child, Lord. You know that kind of grief, and I pray that you would comfort them in a supernatural way today in Jesus' name. We pray the prayer of Hannah over every lady, Lord. We pray life over every barren womb in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, and I also pray over every single mother in this place, whether they're young or old, Lord, we can follow the example of Mary, Lord. Lord, you gave her the grace and you equipped her with exactly what she needed. And I pray that for every mother in this place, Lord, that you would equip them, that you would give them the grace that they need on those difficult days, Lord, that you would just meet them right where they're at, Lord, that you would fill them with your hope and your peace in Jesus' name. I pray it over every young mother. Lord, help them to leave a godly example before their children. I pray it over every mother of adult children. Lord, I know that that can be difficult because it's hard to see your children struggle and you can't have a quick fix like when they're young. And I just pray over every mother that has adult children, Lord, that you would just fill their hearts with peace, help them to be good listeners, help them to be prayer partners with the, with their children, give them wisdom in that season. In Jesus' name, and I also pray today over every single mother. Lord, Every mother that maybe is feeling alone, I pray right now that you would just come, Holy Spirit, and comfort them. Lord, we can read about Hagar in the Bible, Lord, when she was cast out, Lord, and she became a single mother. Lord, you heard her cry, Lord, and you supernaturally provided for her. And I pray that over every single mother in this place, Lord, that you would supernaturally provide for them. Lord, I pray that you would just come and strengthen them. Lord, that you would comfort their hearts when they're walking through a season of loneliness, Lord, that you would bring people in their path, Lord, that would come and bring be a support to them in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, I also pray over every single widow in this room. Lord, we can follow the example of Anna, Lord. She dedicated her life to you, Lord. You could find her in the temple, and I pray over every widow in this place, Lord, that you would just comfort them today, Lord, that you would walk with them hand in hand, Lord, that you would just be with them in this season, Lord, that they would know you're not done with them yet, Lord, but you have a plan and a purpose for their lives, and I pray that you would reveal that to them in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I also just pray over every young lady and every single in this place, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much for them. And I pray that, Lord, they would be dedicated to you, Lord, that their eyes would be focused on you, Lord. We can follow the example of Ruth. She found herself in a season of singleness, Lord, and she was also new to faith. And I pray that over every single single lady or young lady in this room, Lord, that they would be dedicated to you. 
Lord, that they would know your ways, Lord, that you would speak to them in this season, Lord, that they would love you, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit over them, Lord, that as they are in a season of waiting, Lord, that they would trust you in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your goodness. You are worthy to be praised in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for those in this room who have things they're believing for and praying for. And God, in seasons like Miss Becky described, where it feels like you're not hearing anything, you're not seeing anything. God, I just pray that you would give hope to those, to their hearts, God, that you would stir their spirits. God, I thank you that even when we are faithless, that you're faithful. And God, I pray that you would just give them a garment of praise in exchange for their heaviness, God, and that you would touch their hearts and that you would bring about miracles for those who are believing and who have waited and those that are standing in the gap and believing for things for their family. God, I just pray that you would touch them and God, that you would bring breakthrough to those lives, God, and to their hearts and those that are waiting for all kinds of things, God. I pray that you would give them peace and patience during that time. God, that you would bring about just a sturdiness of their heart, God, to trust you and to trust the things of your character, God, even when they can't see or feel that you're moving. God, I pray that you would whisper that peace to their heart and bring about just a touch to them, God, that would lead them back to you. God, I pray that you would use them with the things that they're experiencing, God, to bring others closer to you. And God, that even if they can't see it right now, God, there'll be a time, like Holly described earlier, that they will be able to look back and think, my goodness, what was I even thinking? Like, I should have known you were faithful and I should have known you were good. And God, I pray that you would use their stories to minister to those around them and to bring others out of those pits because they can say, I've been there, but God was faithful and he brought me through. And God, I just pray that you would bless those today, all the women in this room and families, God, and those that are not here. God, I pray you be with them and release just your peace and hope to their hearts. In Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be a wife and a mom. And I thank you that like Hannah, Lord, you heard my cry and gave me a son. Lord, you are so faithful. But Lord, I think of those that are still in the ashes, Father that are still sitting on the ash heap, that, that are maybe wallowing in things that have happened. And Lord, I just pray that today they would give those ashes to you, that God, through your righteousness that we become because of Jesus, that you can restore that and you make something beautiful. Lord, thank you that like Holly has said, that we can look back and know how faithful you are and how good you are and that we will be beautiful and that we are beautiful because of you. In your precious name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.